Amen. It's good to have Brother Caleb Randall with us. Amen. Children evangelist. Amen. From Illinois. It's always good to have folks visit with us. So, Brother Caleb, welcome. Amen. We're glad you're here. Good to have everybody. Ones you don't see tonight, continue to remember them in prayer. Amen. That God would touch them. Amen. So we're talking this month about growing our faith. Growing our faith. Amen. And so sometimes people say, why do I need to grow my faith? Well, because without faith, it's impossible to please God. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 11.6, that without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So we walk by faith and not by sight, the Bible tells us. And we see our opening scripture in Mark 4.40, and Jesus said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Amen. See, the apostles had been walking with Jesus for quite a while at this point, and they had seen the miracles. They had seen the things that Jesus had done. But yet, for some reason, when they found themselves in a dangerous situation, or the circumstance they found themselves in wasn't pleasing, they lost their faith. See? And so Jesus was on board. So with all the things they had seen, their faith should have been running off the charts. In Acts 27, when Paul was being taken to Rome at the end there, if you notice, Luke writing in the book of Acts in the 27th chapter, after they left Crete and they found themselves in the storm, and that storm called Eurachlodon hit that ship, and for 14 days, Luke says, when neither day nor night appeared, he says, all hope that we should be alive or saved come morning was taken away. They didn't think they were going to make it. Fourteen days, usually, that's a couple of weeks, usually you start to try to take matters into your own hands. You see, and that's what we see in, in Acts chapter 27 there on that ship. But notice in Acts 27, you know, Paul, if you want to go there in your Bibles real quick, Paul, right in here in Acts 27, I mean Luke, excuse me, right in Acts 27, and we're, then we're springboard right into our lesson here in a few seconds. And chapter 27, starting with, uh, let's start, let's start with verse 14, but not long after there arose against it a temperance wind called Eurachlodon, and when the ship was caught up, caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive, and running under a certain hour, which is called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up and used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into quicksand, strike sails, and so was driven. And we being exceedingly tossed with the tempest, the next day they lighten the ship. Now notice they're starting to throw stuff out, try to get rid of some <laughs> some things that make this ship a little bit lighter. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship, 
And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But notice the next verse. But at the long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me, and not have loosed from creek, and have gained this harm and loss. And now I exalt you to be of good cheer. Now here they are, they're afraid. But notice what Paul says, be of good cheer. He's now trying to encourage, he's trying to edify them. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but the ship. For there stood by me this night an angels of God whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God have given all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. For I believe God that it shall be as it was told me. So notice here how Paul has got faith and everybody else don't seem to have any. See? So we have to realize that somewhere I've got to grow my faith to where I begin to trust God and believe God at every juncture of my life. No matter where I go, no matter what I go through, the scripture tells me he did not bring me out to lead me. He brought me out to carry me in. So I have to stay focused on my destination. I know that God is with me. The word of God is a promise. Amen. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. As he said in Isaiah 43, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you're in the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you pass through the fire trials or the fire situation, it shall not burn you, neither shall the flames kindle against you, because I have called you by your name. You are mine. We belong to God. If you've been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sin and have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God give the utterance, you belong to God. See, so now we have to trust God and believe God and everything he says he will do, he will do. As Hebrews 6 says, when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely, blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he patiently endured, he received the promise. See, so we've got to have faith. We've got to grow faith. So if my faith isn't growing, I have to ask myself, I have to do a self-examination of me. It's now my responsibility to look within myself and to look at my life and to ask myself, why isn't my faith growing? Paul says in 2 Corinthians 13, I think it is, 13.5, examine yourself, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own self. Know ye not your own self how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be a reprobate. He says, but I trust that you know you're not a reprobate. So you have to examine yourself. You have to look at your life, and you have to begin to ask yourself, why is my faith not growing? Why is my faith not growing? Am I praying? Am I reading the Word of God? Am I attending church the way that I should be attending church? Am I tithing? Am I doing the things that I know what the Word of God tells me to do? 
See, because if I don't do those things that I know I'm supposed to do based on the Word of God, my faith isn't going to grow. Because I'm trusting in myself instead of God. So I need to learn how to do self-examination. As James tells us, that he that look into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, and he be not a forgetful here, but a doer, his deeds will be blessed. So we know we've already studied, as I heard Sister Parker teach last week, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Say. So I've got to hear the word of God in order for my faith to grow. I have to examine myself and see if my life is aligning with the word of God. Am I submitted to the authority that is over me? Do I have bitterness still in my heart against others? Do I talk more than I listen? Am I quick to try to solve my own problems, or do I wait on God to give me directions and guidance and how to solve my problems? Do I find myself complaining about others in the world more than taking them to the Lord in prayer? See, so I have to ask myself these kind of questions. Sometimes it's hard to ask yourself the tough questions. Sometimes it's hard to admit to self that self is wrong. That's one of the hardest things to do, is to miss the self. You are wrong, self. You know what you usually say? You start out, but then you find a conjunction. But, or, and, or they, (laughs) say, you don't want to admit to self that self is wrong. See, you need to start admitting to yourself. You're wrong, self. Isn't it amazing that Jesus puts the honors on the one that thinks they're right? To go to the person that they think did them wrong? <laughs> so he says, you go to him. Don't wait for him to come to you. See? And that's when we have to listen to what Solomon says. A good man is satisfied from himself. <laughs> Sometimes you got to take a step away from you in order to let God work. You know, it doesn't make sense when Jesus says, if your enemy hungry, go give him a Big Mac. <laughs> you know? It doesn't pass that common sense test, the way we think about it. But why? God's ways are not our ways. See, and I, when I read those kind of scriptures like that, that song always come back, even when I can't see him, he's working. <laughs> see, because if he tells me to do something that goes contrary to my way of thinking, I know God is working a different route. So I have to just take a step out of the way and do what he says and let him work in my life. Amen. Praise God. So hearing the word of God, because faith comes by hearing the word of God, then we have to go out and preach the word of God. Every one of us have a responsibility to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so the more I share, the more I'm going to stronger I'm going to be. My life is going to believe more. The more I share, the more I hear, amen, the more I do, the more I witness, it's going to increase my faith. 
Say, one way you can test your faith is when you pray, when you get up, do you just leave it there? What's that song say? Take it to the altar and leave it there? Do you leave it there or do you take it with you? Good example. Okay. Go to Acts 12. Let's look at Acts 12 real quick here. I like the book of Acts. The church book it teaches a lot of stuff, doesn't it? Acts 12. Pretty lengthy reading, but we'll, we'll get through it. Start verse 1. Now, about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because his saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quadrants of soldiers to keep him, and tended at the Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, by, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Man, check that out. Everybody's praying for Peter. God, deliver Peter. God, save Peter. Y'all don't pray like that. I know you don't, right? Do we ever pray like that? We do, don't we? Usually we start every service with prayer, or even in our homes, we get we pray for people. Now let's keep on. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and the keeper before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side, and raised him up, saying, Arise, up quickly. And his chains fell from his hands. The angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he said unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed him. And it was not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. When they were past the first and second ward, they came to the iron gate that leadeth them to the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through the street, and forthwith an angel departed from him. Man, think Peter's face should be running wild right now, huh? And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord have sent his angel and have delivered me out of the hands of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many was gathered together praying. Right? They're praying for Peter. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came in hearken named Rhoda, and when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood by the gate. Now watch this. And they said unto her, you're mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then they said, nah, it's his an angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they had opened the door and saw him, they was astonished. Notice, here they are praying for God, for Peter. God says some prayer, and they don't believe it. Surprise! (laughs) 
pray, I pray we don't have, you know, we must believe. That's what the scripture says. Is he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Our faith must get to the point. And I think this might what Jesus was meaning when he says, and when you pray, say, thy will be done. Amen. If we get in the habit of God's will be done, then we have the abilities to wait and let God work. But if I try to put it on my timeline, and it doesn't happen on my timeline, then I'm going to probably get discouraged, and I'm not going to keep building my faith the way I should build my faith in Christ and to trust Him. God's perfect will is His perfect will. Amen. He's not willing that any should perish, so I have to let Him work. Amen. Give him a chance to work on my behalf. Because if I wait and let him do it on my timeline, amen, on the time, his timeline, my faith is going to be stronger when the answer comes through. Amen. I can remember when we were in Germany, brand new Christians uh, in Germany before I was ever a pastor. And I was brand new, and we used to have Bible studies, and we take prayer requests. And my wife has probably still got the, the journals, but every time somebody would give a prayer request, she would write it in the journal. You know, and she kept journals of every prayer request, and we prayed for those things. And when people would stand and testify, amen, of what God had done, she would put a little red star beside the prayer request. Amen. And as a result, it built our faith that if God did it once, he'll do it again. I think that's what the song says, isn't it? He'd do it again. Just take a look at where you are now and where have you been. Did he not always come through for you? He's the same now as then. You may not know how, you may not know when, but he'll do it again. Amen. He can't lie. So we have to learn how to trust God. If we're going to pray and seek God, let God work. Amen. Give him a chance to work. And if he gives you a direction, something different, then he will bring it to you through the word of God or through a man of God or a woman of God to help direct you in the right place. Amen. But we must grow our faith. Notice Ephesians 1, verse 1 through 12. I mean, chapter 1, Ephesians 1, 12 through 14. Ephesians, real quick here. Chapter 1. Start with verse 12. Paul says that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. And whom also you trusted after that, notice, you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that you believe, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Notice, and whom you trusted after you heard the word of truth. See, Jesus prayed in the garden, 17, 17, John, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. John 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Same was in the beginning with God. Verse 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. John 14, 6, I am the way. I am the truth 
and I am the life. No man can come to the Father but by me. So Paul's writing to the church. He says, after you heard the word of truth. See, you're not going to be saved outside of the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So the more of God's words you hear, the stronger your faith should be. See? So the apostles' faith should have been running off the charts. Because they had the word walking around and speaking constantly. They saw the word in action. The word was accomplishing things around them. So Jesus asked them, why are you so fearful? How is it you don't have any faith? Do you get afraid? Or do you trust God? If the promises of God are yea and amen, do I trust him? So you got to test him. You got to prove God. That's what Jesus says in, in Malachi. Bring all the tithes in the storehouse and do what? Prove me. Check me out. <laughs> you know, he says, check me out and see when I open you up the heavens and pull you out a blessing. You won't have room enough to receive it. Have you tested him? Have you proved him? What did David say in Psalm 37, 25? I've been young. And I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. See, the promises of God. You want your faith to grow. You want your faith to be running off the charts. He'll do it again. Amen. What did the psalmist say in Psalms 20? Now I know that the Lord will what? Save his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heavens. With the saving strength of his right hand, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Save, Lord, let the king hear us when he calls. Think about, he wants your faith to grow through the word. Psalms 91, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall what? Abide under the shadows of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I was trust. Surely, you ever heard that word anywhere before? (laughs) Surely goodness and mercy shall Follow me all the days. Something behind you, Bob. <laughs> Surely goodness and mercy is behind you. It will follow me all the days of my life. Surely he will deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wing you shall trust his truth shall be your shield and your buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that fly by day, nor the pestilence that walk in darkness, nor the destruction that waste at noonday. A thousand shall fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with your own eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation. There shall no evil fall you, and neither shall the plague come nigh your dwelling. Why? He will 
give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. They shall bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the adder. Amen. Serpent and the lion and the adder. Amen. You shall trample on the feet. Why? Because you have set your love upon him. Amen. Therefore, he will deliver you and set you on high because you have known his name. He says, you will call and I will answer. I will be with him in trouble and I will deliver him. With long life will I satisfy him and make known to him my salvation. Think about it. Your faith should be growing with that kind of promise. Amen. Notice what Paul says in Romans 15, 4. The things which was written for was written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scripture, what? Might have hope. Remember what Paul says in Romans 8? Hope that is seen is not hope. Well, if a man see that he's hoping for, what is he hoping for? <laughs> if I see what I want, what am I hoping for? You know, he says, but if I see that not which I hope for, then what? Do I patiently wait for it? See, now my faith has got to kick in. Because if I don't see what I want and I've asked God for it, I've got to learn how to wait. That's why Isaiah said, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. See, so my faith has got to grow. So I gotta hear the word of God. I gotta believe the word of God. I gotta stand on the word of God. I gotta put it into action. It's not gonna grow if I don't sow it. I gotta put it into action. When I hear God's word, I gotta act on it. If my faith is gonna grow. I can't just say, ah, you know. Look at the day of Pentecost. What happened? The Bible says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there was all in one accord in one place, and suddenly they came from heaven, this rushing mighty wind, and filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like a fire, and set upon each of them. They was all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Right? So when it was noise abroad, the multitude came together. And what did Peter do? He began to preach the word of God. You see, you men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, the man to prove of God with miracles one in sign, which God did by him in the midst of you all. You yourselves also know him, having been delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God. You have with wicked hands crucified and slain, whom God has raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holding up. For David speaking concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. He's at my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore, she was my heart glad. Moreover, shall my flesh find rest and hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither will thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt make known to me a blaze of life. Thou wilt make full my joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, but he's both dead and buried, and his serpent goes with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God has sworn to him with an oath, that of the fruit of his loins he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this, spake of the resurrection, that his soul was not left in hell, neither did his flesh see corruption. This same Jesus, whom we are also witnesses of, 
Therefore, being by the right hand of the Father exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he have shed forth this which you both now see and hear. But David is not ascending into heaven. For he himself said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit on my right hand till I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, notice, now when they heard this, they was pricked in their hearts and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is to you, to your children, to who all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. With many other words did he testify and exalt, saying, What? Save yourselves from this towards generation. And they that gladly received the word was baptized. And they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. And I know there are a few more other scriptures there. But notice what happened. What did he do? He preached the word. Because in the beginning was the word. All he did was tell them about Jesus. The gospel, the saving message. Amen. The death, the burial, and resurrection. That's what the book of Acts, all they do is you notice if you follow the procedures, they preach Jesus Christ. And as a result, people are pricked in their hearts. And the why? Because their faith now believe what they heard. And as a result of that, it brought about salvation. See, and that's how it is, and it's the same should be with you and I. We heard the word of truth, the gospel of our salvation. None of us was born again without the principles of the baptism and repentance in the Holy Ghost. We heard the word. I don't care if you were five years old when you got the Holy Ghost and got baptized. You heard the word, whether you heard it in the Sunday school, whether you heard the preacher preaching it in the sanctuary. Or somebody was at your house and teaching your mom and dad a Bible study. You heard the word of truth. And so as a result of that, your faith somewhere, even as little kids, somewhere it gets into their heart when they hear the word of God and they feel like, I need to repent. I need to pray. I want that. See? And as a result, they're filled. Because God cannot lie. See? So their faith is at a level to where they can believe enough to receive. Now, once we receive, God don't want us to just stop. We got to add to our faith. Notice what Peter said in Second Peter chapter five, um, one, verse five. Second Peter one, five. You want to go there in your Bibles? Second Peter chapter one. Start with verse five. And beside this, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue, moral excellency, and to virtue knowledge. Get into the word and just start studying. And to knowledge temperance or self control. To temperance, patience, 
to patience, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he that like, but he that liketh these things is what? Blind and cannot see a form and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the brethren, brethren, give it all diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, what will happen? You shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly unto the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So see, if you want your faith to grow, now you got to add. See? So that's why I said at the onset, you got to examine yourself. You've got to, based on the word of God, if I am to add to my faith virtue, moral excellency, now I've got to start looking at my life and ask myself if I'm still doing the things the world did when I was in the world. I've got to come out and be separate. That's what holiness is, is separation from the world and set us apart back to God. I make a, a conscious effort to serve God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. See, I've got to serve Him. I've got to be holy for He is holy. See, so I have to set myself apart from the world and be set apart, uh, set unto, excuse me, to God. And so therefore, notice, virtue. Think about it. Ask yourself. Am I still doing the same old things? Am I still looking at the same old filth on TV? Am I still reading the same old nasty magazines? Am I playing on pornography on, on sites? Come on. I've got to clear myself. As Paul says in Romans 12, I beg you, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to the world, but be transformed. That transformation. See, when you're born again, there's a transformation process taking place. Transform. Why? How? Renew your mind. Renew your thinking. That's why Paul is always throwing a question out on the table to the church. No, you're not. Have you not read? Don't you understand? See? Because if you don't have the answer to those, that means you are not growing in the knowledge. See? If we've read the Bible through, then we should be faith builders. <laughs> See? We should be growing our faith. We should know God. Paul says, some have not the knowledge of God, and I speak that to your shame. See, there's things we can't keep doing and expect our faith to grow. There will always be a blockage. If I'm still trying to live for God and live for the world, there's a blockage. You can't do it. Believe me, you can't do it. I've never seen a one-legged man yet walk a tight rope you are yet. Have you? Isn't it amazing a guy get up there on a pole and a tightrope? Look at his faith. 
And he may not even know God. He believed he can do it. How much more we? You know what got him up there that many times? He fell. He got back up. And every time he fell, he realized what he didn't do right on his step the time before. It's no different than you and me, brothers and sisters. That's why the Bible says a just man falls seven times. He get up. You're going to make mistakes. Hear me. But don't let it devastate you. Don't let it be a mistake that you know that you shouldn't do because you know the Word of God. Mistakes are things that I know I didn't know that. But once you have the knowledge, you don't do that stuff again. See? And pretty soon you will learn how to put the right foot in the right place, how to balance on the cord, you know, move the next foot and balance on the cord, you know. Come on. You can do this. Your faith has got to grow. So you add to your faith knowledge, to knowledge, temperance. Who's responsible for you? Me? <laughs> no, you. You're responsible for you. Not me. You have to take responsibility for your own actions and your own life. I can only save me. You remember what the Lord said in Ezekiel? He says, though Job, Daniel, and um, what's the other prophet? My goodness. And Job, Daniel, and no, that's not Ezekiel. It'll come to me. But he said, though these three, Noah, excuse me, there he is, Noah. He said, though these three, he said, they can't say nobody but themselves. These are all righteous men, God calls them. And the scripture says, mark the righteous man. He said, though these three, he said, they can't say nobody but themselves. You can only save you. But you can do things to help others save themselves. Preach the gospel. Preach the word. Preach the truth. See, it's not saying you don't have a responsibility to share what God is doing. See, God is the saver. Not you and I. We just preach the word. See, he's the one that brings the Holy Ghost. (laughs) He's the one, you know, that gives the power. See, we just share the truth and do the parts that we can do. See, and he does the rest. Amen. So what was adding all this? <laughs> Amen. But we got to continue to grow our faith. Temperate, self-control. Pull back. We, we talked all last month about self-discipline, remember? You got to develop that in your life. Cause it means self, you. You know? Take care of it. See? So temperance. Temperance. Patience. Learn how to wait. Tribulations. <laughs> and I pray you, you don't pray for it. <laughs> I did that once. A brand new convert. I think I've shared that story with you. Never do that again. Amen. Man, flights got canceled, everything. It was like, man. When I told my wife what I prayed for, she said, you did what? <laughs> so, but we got to learn how to wait. Don't rush headlong. Say, 
Because a lot of times what happens is if we try to take matters in our own hands, we might find out that we are spending a whole lot when it could have been cheaper here. God may have directed someone our way to take care of the things that needed to be taken care of. So we have to give God a chance to work on our behalf. See, sometimes you might just need to walk a little bit. Who knows? But see, we've gotten so accustomed to so many things. We don't like to walk anymore. Oh, that's too hard. You know, you know, maybe I might not need a cell phone. Maybe I need to wait. You know, maybe there's some things I need to wait on and let God work on my behalf. See, because he makes all things beautiful in his time. See, so my faith has got to, to grow. But it starts with trust. I gotta trust God. I gotta believe God. Amen. If I want my faith to grow. Patience. Patience, godliness. Become like God. Act like God. Take on the character and nature of God. As I grow and as I study and as I learn. And then, to godliness what? Charity. Thou should love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. See? Because one of the things you find is you don't have knowledge of God. How are you going to know what you're loving? If I don't have knowledge, I want to know what to do. That's why knowledge is up here first. See? And notice what love is, is at the end. Because the time I go through those other ones, man, my love is supposed to be like, whoa! I'm supposed to know. See? So we have to realize, in order for our faith to grow the way it should grow, is we have to add to it. We have got to test it. You know? You know, before you buy a car, what's the first thing they do after come off the assembly line? They test it. They run it through a test to make sure it's going to work properly. They make sure everything in that car is running right before they put it on the truck and send it to the lot to sell it to you. They test it. You know? Think about Jesus when he chose his disciples. He ran them through all that good training and everything else, and they sent him out and tested them. Now, if you've been in the military, you do the same thing. You go through basic training. You go through all the procedures. They break you down and then build you back up to be a soldier. And then before you graduate, they test you to see if you pass the knowledge test. And then they send you out. Even Jesus did that to his disciples. When you look at Luke 10, what happened? He sends them out by two. They came back, wow, even the devil's a subject does to your name. Testing them. Put your faith to the test. If, it, if it's not growing, test it. How do you test it? 
Next time you run somebody in Walmart, says, hey, excuse me, can I talk to you for a second? <laughs> no? Share a little word of God with them. See what happened. What can they do? Reject you, right? Jesus said, blessed are you. And they said, revile you and persecute you. Sell matters of evil falsely against my name. But do you know what it does? It builds your faith. You overcome in fear. See? Next time somebody come to your house, they're in your territory. <laughs> Talk to them. Tell them about Jesus. All it's going to do is strengthen your faith. The more you tell somebody about what you stand for and believe, it's all it's going to do is build you up. So once you get rejected, see, it's no big deal if you get rejected. Right. See, but somebody is going to hear it. Somebody somewhere is going to hear it. And as a result, it's going to increase your faith. You know, I've seen guys standing on the street corner on a box in Hawaii hollering, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven. All these people just walking by. You know? But somebody stops eventually. You know? It builds your faith when you talk about God. See? So you have to Add to your faith. You've got to examine yourself. Amen. And put it to the test. Try tomorrow. Okay? Try your faith tomorrow. Right? And we've got a revival this weekend, right? We've got Jubilee service, right? So now, everybody's going to take a card, and you're going to go to someone tomorrow. I want to challenge you. That's what I'm doing. I'm challenge you. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to say you have to, but I want to challenge you to take one and whoever you come in contact with tomorrow, just say to them, you know, I would like to invite you to our Jubilee service. And then they're going to say, what is that? You know, and then you explain to them and you might get rejected, but you know what? You just tested your faith. That's all you did. See? So, so just get, you know, some and do it and see what happens. You never know. You know, they may not come now, but later on down the road, that seed has been planted. You know, I, I think I told you a story when we were missionaries in, in Japan and we used to send outside the military gate there in Okinawa under the bridge and these guys would come by. And we handed this guy a track one, one Saturday, and it was hot. I mean, I, you know, I was sweating like a stab pig, you know, <laughs> but it was hot out there, you know. And I handed this guy his track, and he looked at it, and he said, hmm. He stuck it in his pocket, you know, and he walked off. You know? Never came to church on Okinawa. Never saw him again. He was on our deputation in California, you know. And we went into a church and was in the church, you know, and the guy came up and he says, you know what? He said, you probably don't even remember me. He said, you guys were standing out there under that bridge in that hot sun and you handed me a track. And he says, and I says right then, if I ever decide to go to church, I'm looking for a church like those guys. Because if they're willing to stand out there in that hot heat, they try to save my soul. 
I'm definitely going to find a church like that. And when he got back to America, he found a church in California. And he was in the church when we went through. You don't think my faith went, amen. You never know. Amen. So let's, let's try it. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So it's good to have, amen. I know I didn't cover a lot of the stuff tonight, but we'll get through it by this month. Amen. Praise God. So don't forget our Jubilee services. Amen. This weekend, Friday night, seven. Amen. Brother and Sister Cox, our mission, uh, pastors and evangelists up in Mankato. Amen. We'll be with us. Amen. We're looking for a great time. Invite your family, friends, loved ones. Service time Saturday at 1 o'clock, then Sunday at 1030. Remember, we're having a dinner afterwards. Amen. Sunday service. So, amen. Use your food. Get people out anyhow, you know. So, remember that. Amen. I got it. On track. I did my part. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. Amen. Am I forgetting anything else? Amen. Brother Randall, again, so good to have you with us. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Let's stand in dismissal. Father, we praise you again. God, we thank you so much, Lord. I pray that your hand of protection will be over your people as they travel to their families and homes tonight, oh God. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would continue, Lord God, to lead and guide and direct this weekend, oh God. Continue to touch those that was not here tonight, God, for whatever reason, oh God, I pray. You know all things. Let your hedge of protection and safety be over each and every life, God, on the highways and byways and travel. Be with Brother Randall as he heads home to be with his family, oh God, this weekend. Each and every travel, Lord, up and down the highways and byways. Let your angels camp round about him and protect him. Keep them, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen.